Underachievers, the only podcast on the world that talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your hosts, Knox McCoy, and joining me as always, he thinks he's God, Jason Waterfalls. Is that true? I don't think I'm God. Other people no. say it about me. Has anyone ever called you czar of anything oh, in man. any situation? I wish. Maybe czar of minivans? Okay, that's true. That's br- I was bring, actually having bring a conversation. the heat on minivan uh, My knowledge? son was like, we were behind a minivan this morning. My son was like, is that the kind that Uncle Jason drives? And I was like... I was like, bud, that's an odyssey. That's not what Uncle Jason drives, okay? Yeah. His I don't, full I don't swagger. Have time. I don't have VIP. time to overpay for a Honda Odyssey, okay? No shade to people hot who take. drive a Honda Odyssey. Okay? Full, full shade to people that drive a Honda Odyssey. Since you are the czar of minivans, that is the thing now, and we are doing that, how would you <laughs> – what's the hierarchy? Can you speak to the hierarchy of minivans? I think Pacific is at the top right now. Obviously. Course, and then Kia Sedona. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the Odyssey. And then are they still making the Nissan one? You all used to have the Nissan one. That's what we used to ride. Yeah, Ashley used to drive that. We drove that thing into the dang (laughs) ground. Like we legit did. It was the moon or the sunroof didn't work. Um, The air conditioning didn't work. There was a uh, maggoty smell because my um, Sita, she buried like uh, half eaten turkey bacon into the pocket of a seat and we didn't know. What a Um, blessing. that was bad. So they offered, I think they offered me like six grand for that. Um, and I was like, take it. I'll walk. I'll find <laughs> a ride home because I, I need to, to have this off my uh, situation. And I'll clean up one thing. It's the Kia Carnival now, which was the international oh, name for okay. the Kia Sedona. And now they've been doing that in the States, but I still drive a Kia Sedona. Um, in addition to that, I don't let the kids eat in the car unless it's on a road trip. Or yeah. it's their snacks after a ball game. Those are the only times kids eat in my car. You're listen. In theory, I want to do that too. I've capitulated. <laughs> I do do it. I know, and, and you're a better person and parent than I am. I just I've, the horse is out of the barn, and I'm just yelling at it from two miles away to come back. And it's like I'm not. I'm not going to come back. You know, I'm not going to come back. You really don't want me it's to come. Such back. Such a mess. I don't even understand. <laughs> like a freaking granola bar. Like how much of it did you eat? It's all over the ground. And Why you. are we designing granola bars to uh, immediately turn into <laughs> dust upon the first bite? Scientists, like, can we figure? You know that the out, green packaged uh, Nature Valley oats and honey. I love those, but they I just, do too. They go everywhere. They explode, and my son's gotten into them. And yeah. I'm like, nope, not in the car, bud. And Pringles, he gets these little uh, little individual packs after yeah. ball games of Pringles. Like, is he just is he just punching them directly and then eating them? I have no clue what's going on. Now, I gave you parenting credit. I am going to take off some parenting points because you have to teach him to put the whole chip in his mouth. You can't, he can't like baby bite Pringles. This kid eats like a bird. He eats a lot, but he eats like a bird, like the small bites over and over and over again. See, you got to get him on the granola bar, the Nature's Valley in the orange because there's a chocolate, um, uh, I don't know, uh, core to it that keeps it from crumbling. That's the innovation. But that's the peanut one. That keeps it from detonating. Oh, that's right. No peanuts in this house. There's maybe there's an almond situation again. Also, not a sponsor, but um, <laughs> wait, no, it's not a sponsor. The almond situation, almonds in general almond are not industry? a sponsor. Yeah, but also Nature's Valley is not. No one we've talked about is a sponsor. Just for clarity, and I love like I don't know if people get the joke because we don't have sponsors, so like, <laughs> we don't have to qualify. I know, but we always just name whatever we need to name. When we get a sponsor, it's going to be hard not to name their competitors. You know what I mean? Oh, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> 
going to be terrible. Uh, the Over and Cheese is a show intending to consider news from the sports world of the prism of overs and unders. However, from time to time, we do discuss gambling in a variety of ways. Accordingly, we are not experts. We do this for entertainment. We do this for camaraderie. And we will always tell people to gamble responsibly. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right. Weird week uh, overall, but uh, I'm all right. And I just don't know i know we'll get into it later so we don't do the full bit here but i don't know how to bet these games man it's it is a seesaw of all seesaws and and then you just don't know if it's going to go two games in a row one way and then snap back like it's it's just been it's just been wild nba i'm speaking of and i tailed uh andre on the mavs warriors and we lost but i had convinced myself i bet the under and the Warriors money line. Okay. So I logged into my account expecting to see one number, and I got a different one. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I realized I had uh, – that was an error of expectation. So that's on me. That's on me. That's my that, fault. That doesn't sound fun. No, no. It's not great. Well, we've got uh, a lot of stuff to get to uh, this week. The you know the main event, obviously, is the uh, hate and ass – SEC coaches that we want to talk about uh, in totality. But before we do that, let's do some overreacting and underreacting uh, scattershot here. Um, I wanted to ask you about your favorite quarterback ever in the NFL, Drew Brees. He's thinking about maybe coming back, and no one wants him back. So how are you navigating that situation what, right now? What, how am I getting Drew Brees now? I think you have really defended him on the hairline situation and his inability to call football games. So I just assume that comes from a passionate place of love. I have not defended him on his inability to call games. I've said it was his first year and he was better than Witten. I've also not um, defended him on his hairline situation. I said it was better than Witten. Okay. So <laughs> that, we, that is a, that's tantamount to a defense. I will have you know. <laughs> when, you, when you have a bottom line and it's above the bottom line, yeah. the argument is it's above the bottom line. I don't think that that makes him my favorite quarterback. And then also, so if you're saying that he's my favorite quarterback or I defend him all the time, then I'm yeah. off. I'm off the Mitch Trubisky. I can't be held accountable for that anymore. You are holding multitudes of favorites uh, in your hand right now. I, okay. I, uh, so I'm not getting out of this one no matter which, which direction. Okay. No, listen. So he had a tweet and it said, uh, despite speculation from the media about my future this fall, I'm currently undecided. I may work for NBC. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids or all the above. I'll let you know. This is a weird tweet. I don't know if you want to help me like analyze this because it starts like, oh, okay, this is information dispersal. And then it gets into pickleball. And I'm like, is this serious? Is this a bad joke? How did you interpret it? Also, by the way, he is the media. He's not actually done at NBC yet, correct? That's actually a great point because he not only is the media, but he's allowed on Twitter and places like that to tell you exactly what's going on. So I don't know why he's blaming the media. Yeah. So as of as far as we know right now, he is the media. So therefore, Mm -hmm. that's a wild take that it starts out with. Also, by the end, when they're talking about pickleball, Harold and I were watching um, YouTube and the Mm -hmm. the top 10 pickleball points of all time. Mm -hmm. And it was it's pretty electric. Have you have you played the pickleball? I we bought a set. Yes. And to yeah. be, can I be honest with you? Can I be vulnerable Safe for a space. second? Safe space. I feel like if I start it, I won't stop and I'm going to go hard. <laughs> yeah, but I'm that's not, everything with us. I mean, like. It's honestly, it's a little bit like F1 too. I feel like if I start pickleball in F1, I'm going to become a different person and not necessarily a bad person. According I'm to Twitter, not we're not allowed to, to talk about F1 anymore. And you've been, you've been asked <laughs> to, you, you'll be paid millions of dollars if you get me to stop talking about F1. I would love to be paid millions of dollars. We will never stop. You can't silence me. F1's <laughs> incredible. Spain this weekend. Let's go. Uh, yeah, pickleball. Do you know that the the part near the net is called the kitchen? I did not know that. And you're not supposed to go in the kitchen. 
Oh, why not? I don't, why can't I you don't go in know. the kitchen? It's not like a volley. It's like you literally can't. Like legally, you cannot go in the kitchen. Or if the ball's there, you can go in after it. Whoa. So okay. now we're getting into rules. And, and like now it's taking on a whole different thing. It's got cool names. You know what I mean? So See, you should I, go watch the, some of the, the points, the, the best points of all time online. Doubles and I'm, singles. Singles looks exhausting. You think I'm not going to go do it? I'm immediately doing that after we get done recording. I, I do think I, you'll do it. See, from what I understand about the area I'm in is um, it, it's a little bit – it's elder demographic right now in yes. pickleball. So my goal – I'm really thinking about 2023 long-term. I kind of want to like you know ease into it, and then I want to become like the bad boy of the pickleball circuit. Yes. You know? Just a real Andre Agassi, but maybe even more mouthy. You know, not quite as sexy. I'm not going to be able to do that, but I think I can bring more attitude with it. I'm going to be your manager. I'm thinking oh, matching track suits. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking two pay for me. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> like an obvious one. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then you know how much I sweat, so I'm going to be sweating, and then a two pay, so I'm got to deal with that. But that's so you're not going to regulate the sweating like you normally do. You're just going to let it rip. Oh, I mean, I can't regulate the sweating on the top of my head like I can with the special undershirts that I wear. <laughs> right. Not also not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thompson T. Shout out. Yes. Get, at, get, at, yes. get at us. Get at us, please. Uh, but yes, this was uh, this was absolutely started out as a Drew Brees thing. But he is the media. That's my take. He has gotten a lot of bad publicity. Yeah. Um, I'm still not certain Brady's going to light the world on fire and be the best commentator of all time. Brees certainly seemed very nervous during his time in front of the camera i think he's a nice guy i think he's a good enough commentator i just don't think he's elite everybody's just like being compared to romo yeah i don't think they should jj reddick's been incredible that he's when he switched over to in front of the camera it's just some guys are great and some guys are okay it's not you don't have to be electric right out of the gate a lot of these people haven't they've been doing it for years it's just that there's so much scrutiny and expectation for these these hall of famers going straight to the booth so i whatever let let him do whatever he wants i just i I found it funny that i thought it was a good tweet for the record it it Mm -hmm. went all directions but you are the media so you could just tell us what's going on but like you said so i don't know yeah, I, I, I didn't love the voice and the tone. I feel like it was a little all over the place. But back to the pickleball thing, I really think we could cut promos on the regular on Instagram, you know, really try to embarrass and denigrate future opponents, you know, like wrestling style. I just feel like there's a really big opportunity there. We could do merch. There's a whole thing there. I want to make a broad sweeping generalization statement. Okay. Permission to do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody's held you back and other times you've done it like teachers. So that's and a yes. Very- <laughs> Thank you. I will take that. <laughs> sorry. I think. Keep it brief. Sorry. If, if you've ever, no, not, I uh, didn't mean keep it brief. You, I mean me saying, yeah, keep it <laughs> yes. brief. Yes, <laughs> get out of my way. I'm going. I'm going. I think if you ever, if you've been to a Super Bowl, you shouldn't call NFL football games. I think Troy Aikman is obviously the exception because, um, but I only think he's the exception because I feel like he was very down the middle for many years, and he's only recently got interesting. I just think there are certain people. I think that's why you never see really great players coach because there's just a disconnect there. There's a lack of personality with like really great Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks or whoever. So I'd rather hear from special teams people. I'd rather hear from third string linebackers. I Two weeks like in a row, you're doubling down on special teams. I know. Wild, Did you hear me pause before that's I said it? That's the wild it? situation. This, it is. That's I, the hot I was like, take God, right do I want to be this guy? I'm Gus. I'm going to be this guy. But it's just like, I want to hear from the cornerbacks. I want to hear from the people not used to standing in front of the press conference microphones and saying very bland, very khaki colored things. 
a lot of wide receivers come out and do well. Keyshawn Johnson, Randy Moss, uh, Chris Carter, I enjoyed. Maybe not the spices. Michael Irvin. Uh, so wide receiver is certainly a position that can get that going. But yeah, cornerback. Where's where's the middle linebackers in the middle of all of this? You know, we need right. more of them. You know, I hear Vilma a little bit. I like Vilma. I like Vilma. Uh, yeah. I, I need a little bit more from him, but I do like him. Um, okay, let's go NBA lottery. The uh, uh, lottery happened the other night. Um, the Orlando Magic had the first overall pick. Um, and I wanted to, you know, Chet Holmgren has been a topic of conversation uh, here on this uh, podcast and in our conversations. But I wanted to ask you, like, straight up, now that we have the teams, we know, like, who's going to be drafting where and, like, what the needs are and stuff like that. Um, do you have Chet Holmgren going over or under one and a half in this draft? Yeah, it's the right line. Um, I Now, for, can I give you some betting odds? Yes, please. Okay, so for betting odds, the uh, betting favorite right now is Jabari Smith. To, uh, he's minus 130. And then Chet Holmgren. And then Paolo, uh, Jaden Ivey, Shaden Sharp, Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray. Um, they're all like for the top, whatever, seven or eight uh, to go. Yeah, so I, I one and a half is so hard. So he's going one or two. So that's the right line. You th- okay, you definitely think he's going one or two. Yes, I think there's no chance he goes to the Rockets. I just don't. I, and I, I've been. Oklahoma City is not going to pass on him. <sighs> but. I, I, Doesn't he feel like an Orlando Magic guy, though? Honestly, he feels like one of those dudes who um, I'm just not drafting him. You know what I mean? No, it's I just the opposite. Care. You have to. If you take the chance on him and and you're wrong, it's okay. Let me tell you quick stats real quick, okay? Okay, please. Seven foot, 195. Right. <laughs> That's exactly why I'm not drafting him. Do you know? <laughs> I don't want to tell you what like- I weigh, but it's, it's more than that. Okay. And I'm okay. over a foot shorter than him, okay? Paolo, 6'10", 250. Jabari, 6'10", 220. See, I'm just I'm drafting those dudes, and it's it's not it's not even in the Kevin Durant situation because Kevin but Durant. But it's not not. Uh, well, the difference is Kevin Durant could put up. You could just see it. He's a scorer. He's yeah. always going to score no matter what. I don't know that that's Chet. And not only that, he is so incredibly skinny that I feel like if he runs into DeMarcus Cousins on a bad day – he might die. Like he might get murdered. You know, he might. I know, get but then they're going to get a penalty for it. Like, what's going to really happen to him? This isn't the '80s NBA. What's going to really happen to him? I'm sorry. Are you pitching a NBA insurance business opportunity for teams who have players who get murdered on the court and like <laughs> hello, hello and stuff like that? <laughs> hello, sharks. <laughs> there's going to be a murder this year. Hello, you, sharks and Adam Silver. <laughs> can you say there's not going to be? <laughs> you will need this product. I just. I think he is someone. I just wouldn't take. And, I, you know, there's always a couple players like this, like uh, who was – I cannot remember his name. He was a super tall dude for UConn, and everyone knew he was not going to be good. And he was taken, first of all, I think by Memphis anyway. And it just – it like it, it petered oh, out. yeah. I know who you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It, I'll, look, uh... I'll look it up as we talk. But I feel like there's always a couple – like Adam Morrison, you think you have Hassan to Thabit. draft him. Hassan Tabit? Yeah, Hassan Tabit, I think. Hassan Tabit? Something like that. But there's always a couple guys you're like, it feels like I have to draft him because he's getting mocked here and he was good in college. But I know if I really say this out loud, it's not going to translate in the NBA. I think, just, if, I think if the draft lottery went a different direction, everything you're saying would be correct. If Houston was one and Sacramento was two, if Detroit, yeah. you know, uh, if the Pacers were up there maybe – but with the Magic and the Thunder, he's going to go one or two. So over under, I'm going to say he's going to go number one overall. Wow. Okay. Okay. Because look, he's this he's this type of NBA center. 
Yeah, you're not wrong. And look, it could work out. It could be fine. I just, I don't know the, I, I try to go for like elite scores. That's, I just count on those first in the top three. And I don't know that he's an elite score and I don't know that he's got an elite body. So it's like, so he's going to be like a rebounds and assist guy and, I, and I defense know. stretch the floor maybe, but are, do you want that top three? I personally don't, but you know, who knows? Um, next up, uh, are you overreacting or underreacting to the lead up to top gun comma the Glenn Powell, um, uh, crowning of his glory and his beauty in the current pop cultural landscape? Okay. First of all, this is not a Glenn Powell movie. This is a Tom Cruise movie. First of all, that's where you're wrong. This is his coming out party. First okay? of all, I don't think it's going to be. It might be Miles's coming out party. Don't do this. Don't I know what you're doing. Do you want to have like a bet? Let's have a let's have a I would love, bet. I would Who's going to be the bigger star? After this, I would I would love to have this bet. I don't even know how you quantify this, but I will take whatever bet you're putting out on. You the think table. that Glenn Powell is going to be the bigger star over Miles Teller in the new Top Gun? I know. I know he is. How do we quantify okay? this? I, I have no idea. I think right, it's let's honestly, anyways. gentlemen's agreement. Five gentlemen's five agreements. Yeah, we both play fair in gentlemen's agreements. Here we I, go. I will. I, speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself, sir. I'm speaking for you. <laughs> Look, in the spirit of fairness, I've read multiple reviews, non spoiler reviews, that talk about how Glenn Powell steals the movie, how Glenn I'm, Powell. I've also, I've also heard and read this as well because I am so, so, so into this movie. I'm overreacting 100%. Tom Cruise came out and said, I only make movies for the theater. So, I, like, watch it on the biggest screen you can. Like, I am so freaking excited for this movie. I like that he's like, you know what? Everybody's getting streamer money or whatever. I'm going to be the old school guy and I'm making movie movies. And I, I know this makes me like a, I guess a early old dad kind of move to be excited about this movie. I really am. I'm excited about shared experiences. I re- like to, in, in all uh, honesty, I've been such a Glenn Powell fan since Scream Queens. I watched this. This was on Fox. <laughs> it was not a good TV show. He absolutely crushed in this. And so I've been tracking him and waiting for that big breakout moment. And he's, you know, he's been in like everybody wants some. I think he was set it up. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's had these. And Zoe's my girl too. Leah Leah Thompson's daughter. Yeah, Um, I loved that movie because of the two of them, and I thought they had incredible chemistry. But he's just not him or Miles has just not popped off the way you thought. I think Miles has had his shots, but it hasn't worked. I still think he's going to be fine because he's got some good projects lined up. But I feel like this is the moment where everyone agrees uniformly. Glenn Powell is a superstar and you're going to see him everywhere after who is he the next of though i think that that's part of his problem is he's not he seems not unique he seems kendall in hollywood these days i don't know what he's uniquely bringing to the table i think he's going to be like a matthew perry prince who was promised okay we got him on chandler whole nine yards was good whole 10 yards was bad 17 again all that stuff but like he's going to be a younger more attractive version uh or like a vince vaughn Owen Wilson, who can play a little serious and also be more attractive. I feel like he is almost like a unicorn. And I know I'm overreacting to this. And I know hey, like I'm you're throwing out, you're throwing out some very big names here. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I think know Owen Wilson is like. a good comp, but Owen Wilson has uniqueness. The nose, yeah. the voice, the hair, the, oh, wow. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's that was got a great pieces. Owen Wilson, by the way. I loved thank it. You. Very nice. Very Thanks, nicely thank done. You. Uh, but he's got pieces to it. I don't know. Glenn seems to be holding back. I need him to get a little weird. Okay, can I be honest with you? Can I merge what we just talked about? Yes. Glenn Powell is what I wish Chet Holmgren was. Like a guy who can do like, do you want me to shoot threes? I'll shoot threes. Do you want me to rebound? I'll rebound. Glenn Powell 
he can play whatever you want. Leading guy, supporting character. He was in Hidden Figures. He's great. He can be funny. He can be serious. He can be whatever you want him to be. I could be. be brown. I could be blue. I could be violet. He's the guy. stretch four that Hollywood has needed. You know what <laughs> He's I mean? Stre- I love that. <laughs> Print the t-shirt. So I'm just, I'm just really excited. I'm just really excited for everybody. I'm excited for him. I know he's waited a long time for this movie. This movie was shot in like the 1980s, I think, um, like this iteration was. So we've waited forever to get this. So I'm just so excited for him. Uh, another person, I don't know if either of us are excited for or both of us are excited for, Dan Orlovsky. Did you see his contract situation was revol- resolved this week? Um, evidently, Fox Sports really pursued him. He was going to be the lead of a five-day-a-week NFL show. He's going to do some Sunday games, um, uh, but ESPN retained his talent. And uh, I guess as a part of that, they iced Brian Greasy and pushed him as out. As we've been saying. As everyone has wanted. And Dan Orlovsky now joins the Steve Levy, um, Lou Riddick uh, trio that they will uh, serve as the B team to uh, the Troy and Joe uh, A team. How did you feel about this news? I don't know what games this B team is getting. I don't. I know either. that there's going to be second Monday night games a couple times a year. Yeah. And then I think starting next season, they're going ABC, ESPN, ABC is going to have more games, but they're not going to have as they're still not going to have as many as Fox and CBS that are basically still splitting the Sunday um, slate. So uh, it basically, he's just going to keep his job, but then replace Greasy one game a week when he was already doing some college football. Uh, Dan Orlovsky was so. It's fine. Like I, I don't, I have, I don't have anything against Dan. I think there's some bits and takes that he does that are fantastic, very fun, yeah. very unique, very, very well thought out. And then other ones, it's he, you can tell it's just not him being himself. I yeah. think him, I think him around Mina Kimes is great. I think Mina brings the best out of him and tries to keep him as real as possible. It's when he doesn't stay true to himself that I'm like it gets a little cringy. Like he's. Not I think you're a good exactly actor. right. I think he's got a good voice, but I think you got to keep him away from the national football league guys because when when he's there he gets weird and he gets very serious and he wants to fight people but i think he can be clever and funny uh when he's around like the minas uh and what they have him now so hopefully he got a a a pay bump um last up here i wanted to get your thoughts because we haven't really texted about the pat bev of it all the uh, victory lap he took in the wake of um a gigantic financial loss uh that i had invested in the sun's uh, I mean, gosh, we really didn't talk about the Suns just uh, dump trucking themselves. So talk about Pat Bev and how do you feel about his victory lapping in public? And are you also okay with the Suns and the giant dookie they took? I'm giving credit on another podcast. Rosillo said it best. Um, he, Rosillo said, Pat Bev, day one, incredible, incredible. Great job. You won the day. Everyone was talking about you. And then ESPN was like, hey, come on back. And Pat Bev should have said no. Yeah. Because Less then it was more. just too much, and then it just seemed like, oh, it's just, he, you know, he, he's only got this one take, and he's just going to keep repeating it. Yeah. There wasn't other sustenance there, and it tasted really good for one day of, of hot, spicy flavor, but it was not good for two straight days of hot, spicy flavor. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. He did, he's guilty of doing the uh, and Knocked Up when Seth Rogen can only do, like, the dice third <laughs> dance move, and they're like, that's the only move he's got. That's, that's the only, only move he's got. <laughs> and I think do he got exposed a little bit. <laughs> So I, I appreciate who he is as a villain, but I just want to see less of him. And I also, if you're going to be that guy, you got to put out like more than two points a game. I just need a little bit more from you, you know, for, for quality. I, I don't appreciate who he is as a villain. He's the only one keeping his name out there as this big villain. Like everybody forgets about him all the time. Yeah. That shot in the back I, of Chris Paul was not cool. Like that was, 
I'm sorry. That's just not cool. If you're such it a wasn't tough guy, cool. you don't you don't walk up to somebody and just two hands shove them in the back like that. It wasn't cool, but I did like seeing it. Right? I do no. like. There needs to be more spice factor. There's not enough spice factor. Everyone loves everybody. Everyone, and I'm not. I don't want contentiousness, but I do wish there was a little bit more animosity. A little bit more. You know. I don't want any negativity, but if there was less positivity, let's see what happens. Because if there's more animosity there are more reasons to have insurance claims. And again, sharks, we want to reiterate there, <laughs> there is a market for this business within the modern NBA is what we're saying. I got to so. tell you, I'm over the idea that you have to hate somebody. I will get to it in a minute, but I'm, I'm, you, you don't have to hate somebody to play hard. That's oh, I, I completely agree with you. I'm just talking about the entertainment of it all. The pop and circumstance, the bread and circus. Um, wait until you what, get into F1, man. You're going to love it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't, that and pickleball, new Knox, new, uh, Knox 2023. Did, uh, at what point in the Suns Mavs game seven, did you realize that you had lost a lot of money? Uh, pretty early on. I mean, it was, uh, it, it was the Luka Doncic show and he was feeling good from the beginning. It was after he hit the third shot. I, because uh, I think the Suns had gone over and he hit three in a row, and I said, "Oh, S word," and I just turned it off. And I was like, "I, I already know what this is. I know what's going to happen here. Why watch it?" And it's being weird. It's kind of weird, like how much the and it was bad. I get it. It was very, it, very bad. It was more than very bad. It was the worst, like no hyperbole, the worst game seven performance I've ever seen in my life. I understand, mm-hmm. but just because the number after the word game in a space was the number mm-hmm. seven is why we're absolutely obliterating it. I get it. And Chris Paul, up 2-0, five different times. I understand. Mm-hmm. How come nobody's talking about the Warriors when they went down by like 50 or something like that to Memphis? That's not getting brought up again they because it wasn't series. the closer. I get it. it. I get it. Closer. But how about Boston and Milwaukee? That game ended up not being close for a very long time. Yeah, I think it um, – and that was the weird part is like, Milwaukee did what I wanted them to do. They fought hard. They fought valiantly. They defended the title, and then they got sent home. Phoenix, it was just like such a wet fart of a way to go out that it was like the, you seem like a team that's never been here before, but you literally were just there. So it just I, I've never seen a game change how I feel about a team more than that Game 7 performance because it just felt like they let Luka come in and just annihilate them, and they had no pushback, you know? The Celtics beat the Bucks by 13 points. That's not yeah. that, that's not something. I mean, it's fine. I think a lot of those. I, I don't remember. Was it a run? Did it get closer? Did it get bigger at the end? You know, once everyone realized how this. I get resolved. it. It's not a blowout, right? I mean, it's not. It's 30. The 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 Suns beat the Mavs by 30. Because it's game, not. It's it's not even the numbers. Two right? games before. It was the effort. It was the. It was me knowing within 12 seconds this game's over. And I checked back, and it, it it got up to 40. It got up to 40 points in a game seven. That's insane. That's insane to me. So I don't know. I don't know. And also, I had money on it. So I think spin zone, I appreciated that they got out of the way quick. And they're like, hey, you're not going to have to sweat this. It's, you lost your money. You're, and, you're, and you're completely zeroed out here. They beat them okay. by – the Mavs beat them by a lot to tie the series 3-3 as well. So I get it. I just – it was really bad. I'm not saying it wasn't bad. But there's been – like there's been ebbs and flows in this – in this whole playoffs that yeah. has been kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the over unders proper here. We'll get to our main event conversation here. Uh, this first over under concerns, the uh, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban. I'm not going to recap it. If you are listening to this and you don't know what's going on, just Google it. Um, most people should uh, basically Nick Saban has some issues with 
Texas A&M's recruiting, and Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher have some issues with Nick Saban's issues with their recruiting. So um, what I wanted to ask you for the over-under was, where does Jimbo Fisher, not necessarily this exact issue, but just in general, where does Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M rank on Nick Saban's existential dread list? Is it higher or lower than one and a half? It's got to be lower than one and a half. It's got to be one. Don't you think that Jimbo has the Zapruder film? Am I using that right? I don't. I don't do history. It right. depends. Go ahead and fill it out, and I will tell you. Okay. Uh, I think Jimbo has the Zapruder Zapruder film on Saban. I think okay. he's got the goods to actually take him down. Okay, so you were talking about something that we don't know about, right? Oh, in absolutely. that respect. You are using it incorrectly. With respect, I do appreciate the effort. The Zapruder film is something we do have, and we are able to zoom in on and uh, analyze. So you would be talking about like he knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he knows what skeletons are in what closets, what's what's brushed under what rugs. You know yes. what I mean? And they're nice rugs, probably there at yeah. Alabama, and he brought them with him from LSU. So there's a lot of that chatter going around. Obviously, that Jimbo is hinting at something here. Yeah. And what other what other coach is calling another coach God? <laughs> Look, and I, I I don't think I think Do you, what, are you right, taking the over or the under? Like it has to be number one. This has to be enemy number one for Saban now. Okay, let's. I don't know where I land on it. Let's let's talk it out. Okay? okay, because it's it's hovering right. Jimbo is hovering because not only did Jimbo get them, um, Texas A&M got them last year, straight up beat them. Um, also got them in recruiting. Um, I think Jimbo's got a bigger contract, I believe, because I think Nick is the third highest paid in the SEC. Keep, uh, keep throwing money at not making the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so Texas A&M is, they kind of exist like a uh, the Soviets in Cuba in the 60s. Easy, you know? easy. Just a little close to home for comfort, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas Kirby exists in the East. So there's a, a little bit of a detente there. So I think you're talking about existential threats kirby's got to be in the mix right kirby and georgia getting the recruit machine going um i think you have to think of the the situation like with uh with nick saban's hair you mentioned rugs the precarity of nick saban's hairline reaching that tipping point you know of just like it looks great i think if you peel that thing back a little bit you're gonna see a lot of holes and a lot of bare spots he's probably got to be worried about that a little bit um yeah you've got that many rings you can you can have whatever hair you want Oh, of course, I'm that. just saying. I'm just. I'm, I'm trying to get Nick's head. I'm. Tr- he's 70 years old. I'm trying to get. You're trying where's... to get Nick's hair. <sighs> okay, a little bit. I think he. Th- there's probably some dread about will little Debbie stop making those oatmeal cream pies that he like eats 12 times a day. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, but he swallows the... them. Don't 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 don't. <laughs> don't. I I I've stopped. Actually, I haven't stopped doing that. I just eat less of them. You okay. know, I, I I just eat a tiny bite, but I eat the whole bite. Um, little Debbie lives around here. Yes. Like my daughter, she went uh, to a sleepover, and the friend was like, "Little Deb, like the little Debbie lives in the neighborhood, and she has a train like in their yard, like a like a toy train that you can ride." Um, but the girl says she never lets anyone ride it but herself. Isn't that strange? Isn't How that old weird? Is little Debbie now. I I mean, I would get. I don't know. No one said. I would say fifth. 40s 50s 60s like 70s maybe any number could be true i don't know um let's see uh climate change probably in there i mean it has to be war in russia probably has to be there in terms of existential threats uh someone will do a movie about Al- alabama football one day in the style of the social network he'll be played by jesse eisenberg he's probably worried about that i would be worried about that you know you call it trust the process um glenn powell I, oh, 
Glenn Powell would play Lane Kiffin, obviously. You know, <laughs> obviously. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Actually, I do agree. I'm not. I'm not going to push back or like try to try to force your hand on that one. That that is a that is a great casting. I uh, how I are think, we not having a Lane Kiffin movie by now? Like with all his stops, I just I feel like there's there needs to be a resting point. You know, a little bit of stasis in his life, and boom, that thing's going to get. I think out. him staying at Ole Miss is that stasis. Are so you now, pushing me to volunteer to do that right now? Because yes. my, my man, I'm 40 pages into Mummy Freaking 4, and I am lining up my next project. Not even going to lie about that. Let's start the outline. Um, I think, gosh, I, I don't feel like Kirby's number one because I feel like Nick looks at Kirby as a uh, extension of his coaching tree and something yes. like a... like He still takes credit for that loss. A, a little bit. Like this Nick is, takes like, credit if, for Alabama losing. Like it's kind of a win because actually right. they, Kirby came from him, so it's a half win almost. Look I how good Jimbo, I am at coaching other coaches to coach against me. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a credit be t- to be taken. I think Jimbo, and now especially with this um, all out war, I feel like Jimbo has Jimbo and, and Texas A&M has to be number one. I do believe that. We actually uh, we reached out. Uh, Jason reached out and uh, has obtained some audio from Andre Three Sacks uh, because we felt like he would have a unique perspective, not only on this situation, but with the Kirby of it all. So uh, Andre is going to jump in really quick here and just give his hot takes on uh, the entire situation. Gentlemen, how are we doing? You know, this all ends with Jimbo in a boxing match versus Logan Paul on a bar stool, not a sponsored streaming channel, right? And this was pointed out on Twitter, and I think Lori Merricks makes a great point, and Aren't most coaches saying what Saban did, just not on this platform? And absolutely. I mean, this NIL deal has just turned college football into the wild, wild west. And, you know, if I'm Texas A&M, I'm saying, yeah, you know what? We pay players. We do it through this NIL process. Come to College Station. We'll pay you as well. There's no reason to run from it or be defensive about it. I'd embrace it and go with it. And as a Georgia fan, I know that Kirby Smart sitting over there on his championship throne in, in Athens, Georgia, and having a good laugh watching these two guys battle it out on social media and, and in the press conference. And, you know, some additional hype added to SEC Media Days, which is about two months away. And then go ahead and circle October 8th uh, in Tuscaloosa when Texas A&M uh, heads to Alabama. There'll be a ton of buzz around that game. And honestly, you know what? I think that once a year, a coach can call out another coach publicly with no repercussions. And let's just air some dirty laundry. Let's just hear what guys think about other guys. And I think uh, it'd be real, really beneficial for everybody. Big thanks to Andre for uh, uh, sending that in for us last second. I love the purge idea that he's talking about where we do like you know, maybe it's the weekend before the SEC coaches meeting and we just do everybody can say anything nothing will get investigated and you can't hold anything personal I like, like the one thing we've done that before like one fight you know Charles Barkley one fight, yeah it says fighting a fan like you've always said like yeah. just just one time and, and it can just be like Jimbo be like yeah Nick gave two Corvettes to and then name the specific player and nothing can be done about it and then yeah. Nick, go, Nick has to choose if he's going to say something about Lane Right and like get yeah. something out of it. Like when Lane was here, I knew about blah. Yeah, and, and like that's Jimbo's for the year. So Nick's like, do I immediately react or do right. I wait the night before the SEC championship or the Sugar Bowl or whatever? And I say, yeah, Jimbo got caught with sixteen prostitutes uh, in a Tijuana bar. So you know, just know about that. He can't get in okay. trouble for it. I just wanted everybody to know. Okay, I like I do like uh, losing the calendar of it and just leave it open-ended you can do this but you get one per year or season or maybe one per two years or something i love i that. love that 
So big thanks to Andre uh, for dropping in. Uh, and, he, and to be know, very clear on that, on the, on the Andre audio, did, did you sense the, the, the tone of absolute delight? I don't know what month <laughs> anniversary or day anniversary we are or week anniversary we are for the Georgia Bulldogs national champions, but did you sense that, that just that just little little bit of delight in his voice he was so happy about this. there was no video companion with it but i could i could hear the s word eating grin on his face oh yeah of just a georgia fan watching the world burn around the sec so kudos good for them good for him good for all of it all right let me can i ask a sub question about what we're talking about here because obviously the the whole reason we're having this is because uh texas m did really well in recruiting and nick Saban really uh, essentially accused them of, of paying for their recruiting class. So my question isn't really about that. It's more, do you think we're in a good place with the NIL at this point? I do because I think that, and my take from the beginning is it's going to write, it's, its ship of NIL is going to write itself. Mm-hmm. So we need some of this chaos. We need some of this stupidity. Like these rich people that are spending this money, these companies that are not seeing any return on their investment of giving away free nugs is going to lessen. And I think that ultimately that's what we're looking for it to have happen is like, let these kids get what they can get. I've always been for that, but there's going to be business decisions that are made that says, okay, I gave you 500. I gave a different kid 500 grand. I saw about $2,500 in return. I'm going to give you 50 grand. Like it's still probably going to be sure money, but it's going to be reined in by themselves. I think it's going to be some of that self-regulation from these people giving individuals and, and companies um, giving away all that money. So I think it's starting to find where generically it's leveling out, even though you still have some big money outliers, the Miami, the Miami thing is like, we're going to pay everybody that was kind of happening there for a minute. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Is if is if you get a big enough booster, it's just like, Hey, anybody that comes here next season for the next four years, we'll pay all of you. Like that could be, that could get pretty interesting. Yeah. It's the, uh, cause I think you're right because I think naturally the, um, most obvious iterations of it, that'll have to like, the market will correct that. Right. Mm-hmm. I do think there's something here. And I think this is what probably Nick Saban's alluding to is, the um, uh, conflating or the combination of boosterism with NIL. So it's not really Chick-fil-A saying, hey, man, here's X amount of money to rep our brand. It's a booster using the facade of the NIL to give someone money so they'll come. So so it's like in this, it's technically the same thing. It's not in the spirit of what they're going for here. So that might get a little weird and muddled. It might kind of like, be but it was already so dirty yeah and that's the thing it's just we're bringing this out so it's not bad it's just we kind of and that's kind of the whole nick and jimbo argument that's what it gets into is like everyone knows everyone's doing this stuff but now these two are talking about it and that's bad form we all agreed not to do this so now that they're doing it it's weird and it kind of mirrors the whole nil experience because and i think even more i don't know if it's ironically but hypocritically nick saban was uh i think alabama and auburn it's i'm gonna get the details wrong here but i think the um nil some of the nuances you know nil are illegal in alabama where they're not in texas and alabama and auburn were part of lobbying the alabama legislature to overturn that so that they could do what texas a&m is doing now so it's uh i don't know if you had to say do you think this is this was a loose cannon moment for nick saban or was this a calculated aggression um, uh, that he 
said and got out there so everyone would hear it and read it and think about it and was a way to alert his people, his boosters, his groups, his state that they're fighting an uphill battle right now. It seemed like a loose cannon moment. It it has to be the other thing that you more eloquently said because the, it can't just be him being mad that Texas has different laws than Alabama. Yeah. He is strategic. It's very this unsaving. has been going on for years. And, and exactly. If this was just absolutely a loose cannon moment and he just got frustrated, that's not Bill Belichick. That's not, that's not Greg Popovich. That's not Nick Saban. It, this had to be calculated for one way or another. And it might be towards lawmakers. It might be towards something else, but he's planting some kind of seed. And I just don't think that he thought that it would rub uh, Kirby that Jimbo would react to this. Jimbo, yeah, I was gonna say Kirby Smart. Sorry, yeah. Jimbo. I don't think that he thought that Jimbo would react as aggressively as he did. I agree. I, I agree. I think it would. My my head t- says this is calculated. He didn't realize. Although you know, I, I don't disagree with what Jimbo did. The only other thing I think of is, could this have been? He's seventy years old. He's getting more crotchety, more ornery, Ages and he did fly go. off the handle. It is hundred yeah. percent because again, they shouldn't be able to drive. You can't shop in grocery stores. You can't do impromptu press conferences, and you can't be a politician at seventy. I just don't think you should. So th- that's on the table, I believe. So um, time will I'm tell. I'm so excited to podcast with you when you're seventy. <laughs> now I'm dog. I'm gonna be podcasting. I'm gonna be on the pickleball circuit, ruining people's <laughs> lives. You know this, okay? And you're gonna be managing with your bad toupee. It's gonna be amazing. Still, still a bad boy after all these years. <laughs> I do want to get, I don't know what the pickleball situation is in college, but I would be interested in an over Achievers NIL. Oh my situation. gosh. We don't let's have any sponsors, but that. what if we had money going out the door? Let's do this. If we get those Thompson t-shirts or the Kia Carnival, we get some of that money. We can flow it out, my man. You don't even um, know what would happen if I got sponsored by those two companies. Oh my I God. would 24-7. I'm posting about them. Uh, biggest low-key winner out of this dispute. Okay. I'm going to read you five entities. You tell me who wins the most. Lane Kiffin, just forgetting to like watch from the sideline, do some social media stuff. Brian Kelly, because we forgot about that for a minute. Okay. Deion Sanders, because he's being talked about with Texas A&M and Alabama. Aflac, just because Deion and Nick Saban rep, both of them. Auburn, because it makes us forget that they had a, basically a coup d'etat in program uh, <laughs> in the middle of the season and everyone stayed and act like it's chill. It's fine. To be fair, it's definitely not Auburn. Uh, it's Lane. Every time. I'm getting nervous. I, I mean this absolutely genuine. It's not Brian Kelly, unless he unless he absolutely just blows through the SEC, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah. But uh, it's, not, it's not Brian Kelly. But Lane, I'm being 100% serious when I say this. This is not a Glenn Powell, Miles Teller situation, because yeah. I've also heard that Glenn's sure. going to steal the show. Is is Lane going to have some stories coming out soon? He's been too quiet and too oh. good and too funny and too wholesome for too long now. It's getting it's getting weird. It's getting a little I'm a little nervous. Yeah. For for your boy Lane. Listen, there is uh I'm going to send you a uh, there's a it's a real or a TikTok um, of his daughter showing him his her friend's newborn baby. <laughs> I saw that Did one. Did you yeah. see that? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not commenting about the baby. I just want to know if the situation was genuine and real yes. or if it's a setup. That's my, that's my same question. Okay. So I, I just, it made me laugh, but I wanted it to be okay and appropriate and all that good stuff. But I just, I think he, I, I'm going to hope for uh, the better angels in his life 
being okay, you know, and like really commandeering his track. So he has coming out ahead on a lot of these situations. He is subtweeting a lot of these situations, but not getting in trouble for it, not getting Mm -hmm. blamed for it. He's coaching well, seemingly. He's getting recruits. He stayed instead of taking bigger money somewhere to go go try again. You know, like... Where's Mike Leach at? Where's Mike Leach at in this? Is he not commenting on this? He probably is, but he says so much crazy stuff that you can't you can't sift through it to be like, oh, this was a this was a hot take. They're all freaking dynamic hot takes. That guy is absolutely incredible. Where's his podcast at? Who is running his life? I feel like he does he have a podcast. If he doesn't, that's wild. I thought he had some kind of a talk show or something. Some kind of pirates associated, like adjacent thing. I just I feel like we need more takes from him. Um, We'll go to the next uh, over under. Uh, and this is about the uh, NBA uh, conference finals. Basically, what I want to know from you, Jason, is you know we have uh, both series. We're into both series at this point, so you can make it an educated guess. Um, but for Miami Boston, is that series going over or under six and a half games? And then same for Golden State Dallas, over or under six and a half games. At the time we're recording this, Miami Boston is split, and Golden State Dallas, uh, it's one zero Golden State right now. I've got Miami Boston going nine. Okay, so, right. so I'm taking the over on that one. Yeah, just a real rock fight, street fight situation. They're going to be like, look, we, seven wasn't enough. They're <laughs> going to they're gonna shake hands at midcourt and be like, we're doing best of nine. Let's do it again. Let's keep going. Let's roll this back. And be, oh, man, and I've got Golden State in six. So I'm going to take the under on that one. I'm going over and then under. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm going, um, I'm going Miami Boston seven, even though... I just feel like Miami's really tough, mentally tough team. I, with the Celtics, I feel like they could score in bursts, and I feel like the Heat offense can creak a little bit, and I think the Celtics defense can kind of ratchet that up. I feel like if they were healthy in game one, they would have stolen game one, uh, and you know, obviously they got game two. Uh, with Golden State Dallas, I can't decide if – is Dallas uh, – do you remember the year the Cavs got to the finals against Spurs, young LeBron, yes. and then just got obliterated? They were just happy to be in the finals. It was like, we did oh, it. We got over this hurdle. Seven maybe? Yeah. I think so. I, I I don't know if this is like Dallas just happy and Luke is happy that he finally got over that hurdle. He made his appearance in the conference finals, got the Suns. Like, it's all good to go. One step or forward, yep. Did they have a legit shot to beat the Warriors? Because I don't – I'm not super impressed with the Warriors, but this is honestly – Except for Boston, this is the weirdest collection of final teams, conference final teams I've seen in a long time. Uh, I mean, you, you were on Miami pretty early, and I was pretty dismissive of them. Um, you, you no longer are taking that route. It just, I, I don't see. And Golden State, what, what's wrong with Golden State? That's that's an interesting take for. I, I'm not with you on this one. For you, I, I you've liked Golden State. I mean, I know they're a little bit older, and it's, it's weird to, but to have seen like prime Golden State. And now you see this like different version. So that it's yeah. just optically, it's a little strange, you know, like it didn't seem like this was after being in the playing game last year, it didn't seem like this was the year they're going to make a run to the final. It just, it doesn't seem like this, okay. this was a weird shakeout. And, and that's I think hard. Dallas, to, that's hard to argue for the record, but I'm still thinking like they're a good team that played well. Oh most yeah. Of the yeah. Season, yeah. You know, and they had some injury stuff as well. Uh, but Dallas is the one that's weird. Very weird. Again, I'm not going to beat up the Suns for ruining my financial life for a few months, but um, I just. But to be honest with you, I would rather watch Dallas play basketball than Golden State, uh, than uh, Phoenix. I really got uh, watching as much as I did because I was invested in them. I didn't enjoy watching them play basketball, especially. I do think there's a Chris Ball thing of the deeper he gets and the higher octane the games get. Um, 
he gets exposed a little bit for his age and speed now, you know? I mean, it's hard. It's, it's, it's nearly impossible to argue just like Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. It's, it's Mm. nearly impossible to argue at this point. I just, I think he gets a bad rap, but I don't know why and blah, 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 blah. You know what I like? It's just, it's just weird. Yeah. I, I don't think it's quite as bad as people talk about when you look at the totality of it. Um, but this was one where I don't really have an excuse for what happened here. You know, I know the quad injury or whatever. And it was game six and something. game seven as well. So, yeah, I also have a quad injury. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, of course. Of course. We're dealing with it. Um, okay. Let's go to our third over under. This is a special third over under. And this is, uh, we want to talk about Survivor 42. Um, uh, the finale is coming up next week. I've been unable to recap it. Um, with regularity this season a lot of it was because of our live show schedule and after that we had some production craziness come up so it's just kept me from recapping it like i wanted to but um you and i wanted to pre-cap the finale and then we are going to come back next week and we will recap uh i guess the day-ish after um we'll react to kind of what happened so uh to frame that the pre-cap conversation what i want to ask you is i want to focus on um and i guess if you haven't watched if you've seen the most recent episode of Survivor, probably bounce out of this conversation because we'll, you know, spoilers uh, of ass and everything. Um, but I wanted to center this around Marianne because obviously she made the biggest move uh, in the most recent episode. Where do you believe she will finish uh, in the finale of the season? Do you think higher than one and a half or lower than one and a half? Higher. I have. Do you want me to tell you who I think is going to win? Yes. Lindsay. Okay. I, I, I've got Lindsay as well. Um, why, why do you think Lindsay? Because I think the edit and the articulation of each character is very interesting in this, in this respect. I do too. And I was talking with a buddy about this as well. I think Mary Ann's edit has, as you've taught me, cause I've only watched 41 and 42 for the right, record. Right. And 42 has been better than 41. I had I fun agree. with 41 with the compactness of it and the, the twists, but it got a little confusing with all the extra things. So I'm an, I'm a newer fan, but I'm absolutely loving it. Now watching amazing race. We watched it, both the shows as a family, uh, kids are absolutely loving Survivor. I'm a huge The Challenge fan. Uh, we do not watch that with the kids. No. For, for obvious reasons. So needless to say that this has been my favorite season out of two that I've actually sure. watched the entirety of. <laughs> Lindsay has had a darn near flawless run. And what my buddy was saying, which I don't agree with, is that Lindsay has not, they're not going to get, she's not going to get credit in the finale for because she hasn't had great gameplay she's not done things that people are going to respect but my point with Lindsay is she's not done anything to burn people so which takes me to the marianne angle which marianne's edit has been goofy 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 very poignant in in the one episode where her and drea both used their idols yes and then it's been more strategic of an edit since then yes so that's looking good for her and that's why you're specifically pointing out marianne to win or not to win but I think that Marianne is going to specifically talk her way out of the win, oh. whereas I think that Lindsay is a little bit more succinct, and I don't think Jonathan is going to win, and Romeo, of course not. Okay, that's that's really interesting, especially from the perspective of the only the two most recent seasons. You know, I feel like you're 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 pretty dead on. It really this is an interesting season too because you know up until the most recent episode i thought well this is omer omer's gonna win um he's got this the way they're editing him always kind of pulling the strings and then for him to go i was really unmoored because i feel like Lindsay, 
um, if you really analyze the edit and people, I think on Reddit or other places do this, you can see who's getting what kind of stuff. And new Jonathan was, he's not going to win because they kind of, uh, shed some light, uh, a couple episodes ago on how he's a little bit of a jerk. He's in conflict with some people. And at the end of the season, you want the audience to like the winner and feel like the winner is justified. Right. So I feel like that wasn't consistent with the kind of edit he was getting. Mike, he's kind of shown as a, a little nervous, a little paranoid, almost annoyingly so. So I thought that's a little uh, a debit on his credit, um, or on his character. Let me, let me jump on that on Mike. Yeah. Everybody seems to like Mike, yep. period. There's mm-hmm. no, like, he's had a little bit of uh, paranoia, like you were just mentioning, but everybody seems to like Mike. So wouldn't that make him a favorite? Because Lindsay and Jonathan have gotten annoyed with Marianne. And by the way, before two days ago's episode, I thought Omer was going to win. He mm-hmm. overplayed his hand. He went. Yep. He over-strategized. He went too far. He made his big move. He should have stopped there. He got credit from Drea, and he shouldn't have doubled down the, the, for the next episode, right? You yep. know, as the days play out or whatever. But with with Jonathan, I just don't think he's going to win because people just think that he sh- he's the best and he should win, so he's not going to win, right? But like that's how this happens. But with Mike, everybody seems to like him, and he's not had a bad edit ever, and he just always speaks about loyalty, and he except for the the high vote, I think that he's always backed up what he said, and he had yep. he, like he said, I'm so loyal, but then he was disloyal, so then it's kind of like what's going on. But I, I just I think it's between Marianne and Lindsay, and I'm putting my chips on Lindsay at this point. Yeah, I think I think the final three is going to be Marianne, Lindsay, and Romeo. Uh, Romeo is a, 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 an absolute certainty for the final three, just because he will get nothing because he is nothing. He so you think anything. Lindsay or Marianne wins? Yeah, and then picks Romeo, and then yep. it's Lindsay or Marianne against Mike for fire. Probably something like that. Because I and but then I think, doesn't Mike win? See, I don't think Mike wins because I think Mike's a one-dimensional player. I think he's not been good in challenges. He's not won an immunity. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Get into the top three. Um, I don't. Don't you, you think he'll make fire over Lindsay or Marianne? I have no idea, honestly. That's yeah. honestly that's a coin flip, and I like that it's a coin flip because you just don't know what combination you're going to get. But I do, regardless of who ends up. Um, I think it really. And here's what I, I got to talk this out because I think Lindsay um, has been edited well of late. I didn't know who she was for most of the beginning of the season. I couldn't remember her name, and I watch a lot of this. And I remember kept turning to my kids and being like, what's her name, Jennifer? I don't remember her name. Um, so I thought she played pretty unmemorably, which is weird. If you're going to win the season, normally you exist throughout the season. Marianne, I think you're right. She hasn't really played much of a game either until of late. And they've kind of reverse engineered her backstory. We've gotten her humanity. We've gotten her highs and her lows. Um, but just objectively. And she is very elegant when she talks to Jeff at Tribal Council sometimes oh, about yeah. some of the strategy that she's employing. And based on past seasons, this, that, and the other, she, she speaks very eloquently. I just, I think that during the final, it's going to maybe push people. Well, and, but you're, I'm glad you said that because on the show, what we get is kind of annoying, immature, um, I don't want to say idiot, but just kind of oblivious. Okay. But when she spoke to, uh, when she speaks to Jeff, very thought out, you could tell she's very intelligent, but we're not getting that edit of her. So I don't know why that is. And I don't know if we're going to be blown off the screen when she gets to make the case for herself at the jury or whatever. Um, I just, I, I feel very com- uh, confident it's going to be Lindsay or Marianne. I don't know what iteration it's going to be. And I don't know who would win if they're up against each other. I also feel equally confident 
Jonathan's a one-dimensional player. He will not win because he's done nothing of note. Um, and I think he's annoyed people. And I think Mike will get dinged uh, if he makes it to the final three because I just don't think – I don't think he's done enough. You know, I feel like he's kind of straggled around. Um, and he's been and playing desperate these last couple episodes, which were days, right? He's been – he can't – like it, towards the Marianne strategy thing, he was begging Marianne to trust him. and But it was really her strategy that ended up paying off even if Omer – would have gotten the idol which can we talk about that for a second oh the fear of the idol going back into circulation by Lindsay. i don't know is if that's going to come out during the final episode or not or the final two episodes whatever it is the finale uh because that made no sense because if you can only use it for final six and you want to save omer which she seemed genuine that the only reason that she was not giving it to omer is so that it didn't go back into circulation yeah that made no sense but it was a really 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 good play by her because yeah. now omer's out which was probably her biggest competition and if it was going to end after uh you could only use it for the final six then it might go back into circulation anyways why was that not talked about at all yeah i you know i read an exit interview with omer and he uh he said Lindsay and i never had that conversation about it going back into circulation it's like it was edited to make it seem like we did but we never talked about that he said but um i think the way that that idol was written it could only be played for her she could not play for omer so he was like so it was a little but the two of them talked about potential i think what they were talking about was her giving him her challenge immunity necklace and in uh, her having the idol, can you do that? The, you can New transmit de- that. New, you 100 can do that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, he was like, "We just felt like I was safe, so it, there was no really good reason to right. do that." Which uh, again is a misplay, and he blamed it on he uh, not a misplay a, for her. It might work out really well. Right, 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 right. But he said he had an idol nullifier, and he was holding on to it because he wanted to get Mike because he thought that would be his another big move, and that would cinch it, that would get Mike out. And he was so blinded by it that he didn't realize what was happening to him. So really, really interesting stuff. But to me, I mean, I think if you want to hang your hat on a resume move, her, Marianne getting Omer out and doing that last minute, that's the biggest move this season. And I don't know that people realize that yet, um, but that might be enough to win the whole season for her. And was Lindsay in on it? I don't think she was. I think she was completely. I don't think she was either. I think it was yeah. Marianne for, for the credit, but um, she played a part. So, man kudos kudos well i'm excited Lindsay really wanted jonathan out but i just like you know you're so close to it when you're in there she probably can't see the edit if you will that we're seeing like jonathan's just seems like he's just not gonna win no no there's no it just it would be a really unlikable win so why do you Uh, but if you're Lindsay, why do you have to have this specific one enemy that she keeps going after week after week after week but she can't figure out the strategy to help the other people realize that we have to go Jonathan right here because it's almost like they're pulling Jonathan along except for Lindsay that keeps wanting him out to make sure that he doesn't get to the final. Like she is paranoid about him. I don't think she's paranoid. I think it's straight competition. I think it's not just, she wants to win immunity. I think it's like me with uh, seven year olds who want to run for political office. I'm blinded by, I just don't like it and I don't want it. And I'm not looking outside of it, you know? And with the Lindsay edit, you you saw the part where she was a, a football player, right? That made once I got that I was like oh yes. now I yes. get it she is a you know competitor. what I mean <laughs> yeah she wants to win those immunity challenges like that's what she's here for everybody's competitive but that uh, nuance completely shed a whole new light on her so I was glad to have uh, gotten that so um, yeah we'll, so we'll be back next week we will talk we'll do uh, obviously uh, regular overners uh, episode we'll do a, a survivor recap uh, I will put a 
uh, whatever posts up on my Substack uh, where people can send their questions that we can uh, answer in addition to what goes on the episode. Um, but let's go ahead and go to Came Close to the Pin. Uh, I think we are currently deadlocked at 1-1. So we were going to do Johnny Menzel for Came Close to the Pin. He has not taken requests at this point. Um, so we have to pivot. Now we're going to pivot to Steve Sprayer, another feuding SEC coach. I feel like that matches the spirit of this episode. Um, so I'm going to write down my number for Steve Spurrier. I'm less confident in this one than I was in my Manziel number. I'm really all over the place with this number because I just feel like Steve Spurrier would have no patience for cameo for cameos for people. You know what I mean? So he'd have to make it worth his while. But doesn't he also seem like a guy that'd be have a lot of fun with him? He's just doing them out on the golf course while the other people are playing bad. Oh, that's a good point. It depends on if there's someone oh, in his life. Like, crap, Steve, this will pay for that. your greens fees, okay? Just like, dude, just three real quick. He doesn't need name. to pay for greens fees anymore. He's Steve Spurrier. Good for him. Okay, I've got my number. You have put 200? Yes. I've got 249. Oh, wow. <laughs> Another 900? It's 249 on the nose. Nuh-uh. I swear. I... <laughs> what would happen if I guessed it on the nose? Hmm? I know. I get, I look. I know how it looks, to be honest with you. I know how it looks. But you have to think, if I was cheating, I wouldn't cheat that obviously. You know what I mean? I thought you were gonna come in at two fifty again and I wanted to be underneath. Please don't please don't defend yourself in court, okay? That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. Uh, I feel bad that it was that exact. I really do. Um he does his cameos in full Gamecocks where in front of a wall of what looks to be Florida helmets and other teams that he has worked with or played for. If you're Spurrier, what's, what's, what's the move for, for gear? You're staying with Gamecocks because that was your last thing? He's also worn. He's I'm got going some Florida all, in I'm going too. all in on the Washington Commanders. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. That <laughs> And your time there? I would just pick a random team and just be like, hey, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a Chiefs fan now. I'm just like Chiefs. He's a Razorbacks fan like you. <sighs> Look. People gave me that koozie, man, and like uh, I, I used it in the AUA. Um, I just it's a good koozie. I like the koozie. Okay, I don't just tell people. I like I appreciate gifts. Can we get I a final appreci- drink count on the AUA? By the way, oh, not a big memory guy, so not really <laughs> sure how that went. You had you a know? bunch of nips. Do you know what nips are? I don't. What those are little, nips? those little bottles? Oh, I did. That was yeah. that was hilarious. Well, and to be honest with you, I kept going at one of them, and it was empty, but it looked like it was full. So I was right. like, "What is happening here?" So that was <laughs> that was confusing. You know, I've had better days. So, uh, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Over Under Achievers. Uh, again, before you go, please remember follow the show on Twitter at OU Achievers and on Instagram at Over Under Achievers. Also, if you want to spread the word, you can do so by leaving a five star rating and review or by sharing the show with a friend. I'm Knox. He's Jason. We'll see you next time.